Vaginas are absolute magic. And Ali is here to give them the respect they deserve. That means shame-free supplements made with clinically studied ingredients to keep your pH in check. And your pleasure a priority. Put yourself on top. Go to Ollie.com today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Undeniably Dairy. Dairy farmers are more than farmers. They're climate caretakers. They see water as a precious resource. Most farmers recycle water up to four times, from chilling the milk to irrigating the crops. And some even use technology to turn manure into renewable energy. To learn more about what dairy farmers are doing to make their farms more sustainable, visit usdairy.com. Hey, hey, you are listening to the OCAP Potty Training Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Glowacki, and I am the author of OCAP Potty Training and OCAP, I Have a Toddler. Here in Rhode Island, it is pouring rain, so you might be able to even hear that through my, my headphones and mic. <laughs> and if you're watching this on YouTube, you might actually see that my hair is soaked. I just got back from taking Maverick out for a walk, and we got drenched. <laughs> We're edging into mid-July, if you can even believe that. So with the rest of July and August left of summer, although I know a lot of kids go back to school and preschool and all of that in August, I wanted to talk today about some particular pitfalls that are happening for parents for summer activities, not midsummer, but summer activities, which are bringing, you know, temporary daycare situations, temporary preschool situations, travel and vacations. So both with my clients, and I'm seeing this a lot online, there is this expectation that a child who is well potty trained, let's even go with, you feel like the child's totally done potty training. You maybe have been potty training for, you know, six to eight weeks, or maybe your child's, you know, you're two weeks in and your child has done great. Potty training is not a transferable skill, okay? Just because your child does great at home doesn't mean they're going to do great at daycare. And in fact, that's one of the biggest glitches we see just in general is a child doing great at home, newly potty trained, then gets to daycare and it all falls apart. Now, this can happen too in the summer months when we, you know, you think you got a great potty trained kid. You're like, all right, awesome. We're going to go on vacation. And then things start to fall apart or just maybe not fall apart, but accidents start happening. When I say potty training isn't a transferable skill, Skills are built in different situations. And I liken this to walking, learning to walk, even though it's not a, a perfect similarity. When your child learns to walk, think of how they were walking when they first started and what it looks like now and how that skill built. And when your child was learning to walk, when they really managed to you know, be able to walk, not just take 10 steps and fall, you didn't immediately take them on a trail uphill with a lot of roots and rocks, right? They weren't necessarily running on pavement. These skills get built over different times in different situations. And that's really important to remember because it's the same with potty training. It will look different in every scenario. So we want to be patient with the child because toddlers love routine. They just love knowing what's next. They're really like they're rigid in their thinking. Their thinking is very black and white but we are dealing with human beings and human beings are never black and white. It's never just like you're all set, you're all done, right? Like things shift and move. I said this before, it's the, my favorite 
line in my book is the anus is a sphincter muscle that opens and closes with emotion, right? <laughs> like, and that is one of those things that like you go to someplace exciting and the anus might open and the child might have a poop accident. When there's some sort of anxiety, the anus might slam shut and the child can't poop. And so that's what we deal with with human beings. Like your kid might be a great pooper, but things may happen along the way that change that great pooping and cause accidents or cause, you know, constipation or withholding. So I think it's really important to remember that. So when you are traveling, I think the other big thing to remember is that traveling is stressful. New situations are stressful, even if they're fun, even if your kid's having a blast, it's still a stressor on the nervous system. What are we doing? Where are we going? Where's the bathroom? Who can I ask for help? These things are stressors, okay? So recognize that your child could be having a hard time even when it's really fun. And a perfect example is Disney. Disney is stressful as all get out, right? Having a blast, super fun. Kids love it. Parents love it, but it's still stressful. And remember, stress doesn't come. It's not like a psychological stress where it's like, oh my God, my kid's all stressed out. It just, the nervous system isn't necessarily calm. It's on edge. It's excited. And that creates a stressor. And so we really want to give these kids some slack because one of the things people forget, and I really highlight in this, my other podcast, Oh Crap Parenting, and I really highlight this in Oh Crap, I Have a Toddler, we forget how new these kids are to the planet in general, even outside of potty training. When you break it down, your average two-year-old has been on the planet, not average, a two-year-old has been on the planet for 730 days. A three-year-old has been on the planet for 1,095 days. Think about that. When we break it down like that, it's like, oh, right. They don't have the skills we have, nor do they have the knowledge, nor do they have the executive functioning. You know, which is like, hey, we're going to go to Disney. They're going to have public restrooms. Don't worry about it. I'll find a place. Just tell me when to pee. You know what I mean? They don't have that. So we have to sort of introduce everything, give them the lay of the land. When you are traveling, I suggest sticking to some sort of routine that you have. So maybe it's three stories before bedtime and you bring those three books with you. Something that is like a talisman, a touchstone that your child can come back to and have that routine. Because a lot of times what we do as parents, we forget that and we sort of throw them to the wolves in the sense of like, whoa, we're on vacation. We're in the mountains. You know, you can stay up late. We're not doing bath. We're not doing bedtime, right? Like everything can change. And again, could be super fun, but it's going to affect their nervous system, which is going to affect their behavior and their skills. And potty training is a skill that can easily fall apart. So what can you do if your child is struggling? The biggest thing I'm hearing is camp situations, whether they're camp situations on like a, a temporary thing, like say you go on vacation for a week. I know my son is about to go to camp on this island in New Hampshire that we used to go, I used to go to when I was a kid. And one of the things they have on the island, it's like a rustic, dirty dancing kind of situation. It's a little bit goofy. Like if you go there as an adult, you probably won't like it. But if you grow up in it, it's super fun. You go the same week every year. So it's like week four. So you get to like be best friends with these people, even though technically you see them for like one week out of the year. They have like the little red schoolhouse, which is the kids get to go to this like temporary daycare setting. Super fun. Awesome. But again, brand new daycare setting, right? So I'm hearing from clients that they're having something similar or 
just going on vacation and you're out of routine. And so the kids are having accidents and they're like, oh my God, what can I do? I'm also hearing about like a lot of accidents in just general camp. So let's first and foremost, across the board, what I'm hearing, you may or may not be experiencing this, is that we are, as a country in the US, we are completely understaffed everywhere. I'm hearing this from daycares that are charging an arm and a leg, and still they're getting pretty subpar help. And if you're dealing with a camp, you're probably dealing with a younger counselor who may not have the knowledge, may not have the skill, and maybe on their phone all day. And that's what I'm hearing. I'm no judgment. I think it's very interesting as a side note. One of the things I realized is having a 17 year old. So he's Gen Z. Gen Z is the smallest generation we've had in the human race without uh, catastrophic events. So that's wild. So that generation, which is the new workforce, right, is the smallest generation. And then I think what happened during COVID is a lot of people figured out a side gig from home and now they're not in the, the workforce either. And I also know that the workforce for sometimes like starter jobs, like camp counselor is a starter job for a lot of kids. Number one, they don't like, luckily I, well, not luckily I did it. I infused my son with a strong work ethic, but he's telling me these stories at work. Like kids don't have to, they can be late. They can leave early. They can show up and be on their phone because these places need a warm body. But these kids also know that they can turn around and get a job. Every single place is hiring. And so it's kind of like a dire situation for the workforce. And it's a dire situation for starter jobs. Another thing that's happening is with college being so expensive, people are focused only on their kids' grades and only on making sure they have like extracurricular activities. And so I'm noticing that these kids aren't working, not because they don't want to work, but their parents don't want them to work because it's like study, study, study. You know, summertime is like extracurricular or, or classes. And so that starter job population demographic has really been diminished. So help is at an all time, like crazy, crappy level. So recognize that even in very expensive camps, you are probably dealing with younger kids who know nothing about child development or, you know, they're just a warm body to keep everybody corralled. And maybe they are fun. Maybe they're fun and they have games and they're lively, but they still don't have that knowledge. So you may have to go in with like a very, very, very small index card of like, what are your child's cues about what is their pattern? Like, do they pee generally speaking around every hour? If they are really stuck, is there an older kid, slightly older, like if your child is three, maybe a four or five-year-old who has potty training in the bag that can be paired up as a bathroom buddy. And this is a great trick even in daycare. So you want the child paired up with somebody so they can keep an eye, you know, especially the older kid loves the responsibility and the younger kid will resonate with a kid closer to their age. This is a great trick in general. Because um, it was really funny, my awesome assistant, Sharon, who some of you have probably had contact with either on Instagram or email, was telling me like she had a friend visiting who was pretty, pretty newly potty trained and literally they could tell this little girl had to go pee and she wouldn't go. She just didn't want to go pee. Like for some reason, and she was dancing around, it was, you know, she was clearly withholding pee. And so Sharon's son, who I think he's six, I forget, he may be five, but I think he's six. He like, out of the blue, nobody asked him, but he was like, hey, 
you want to pee outside? And then he went to pee outside and he said, listen, you can't pee on a flat rock because it'll, it'll splash back at you. <laughs> like he taught her all these things. And then she wanted to pee and she wanted to pee outside. So they peed outside and everything was great. Having an older kid, whether it's a sibling or a friend is always better. Kids love, love, love getting taught by kids that are slightly older than them rather than adults. And the thing about those kids is they are closer to the source. So they have tips and tricks that you and I can't even think about. Then they have a way of speaking to the child that is awesome. So when any situation, particularly these camp vacations, when you can get an older kid, slightly older kid to help, it's just awesome. I think that's where potty training, you know, I look to why has this become such a weird, hard milestone And I think part of it is we really, again, we're not parenting in villages, but we're not parenting together. There's been this real rip in, in parenting. It's, it's a shame. I think we've done ourselves a real disservice by having like parenting philosophies and this is how I'm going to do it because we don't let other people help with parenting and we don't have these gaggles of kids. We used to just, I know I sound like a boomer when I talk about this, but like we used to play in these gaggle of kids that there were older kids, there were younger kids, and you taught, like you learned so much from your peers or close to your peers. And there's just another way of saying it. I say this all the time on my other podcast. When I grew up, we had, I can't even count, there must have been 30 kids on our street. And it was a very urban setting and it was cool. There were like at least five swimming pools. The college, Providence College was right down the road. And this was before we became a litigious society. So we played in their baseball field, their soccer field. Like we could all just go there and hang out. Now, of course you can, it's under lock and key. Riding bikes, everybody riding bikes, but everybody's parent could yell at you. It was fair game. Whoever was in the vicinity, it was like in Italy with the old known as hanging, known as hanging out their, their balcony. Everybody was fair game. And so there was parenting together. And now it's kind of reversed, right? It's like this weird thing. Like if a, another person yells at you and you go home and tell your mom, your mom will call that person and cuss them out. Whereas back in my day, if you came home and said, you know, Lisa's mom yelled at me, my mom would be like, what'd you do? You know what I mean? So there was a, a collective that was better. And I do think that happened with potty training too. I think it just more kids helped more kids. So always, 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 if you can find a cousin, a a relative, a sibling, or a friend, it always works better. And then I think just really, really, really remembering, remembering that you really have to set it up wherever you go when you're traveling. We're in an airport, honey. There are plenty of bathrooms here. Look, see, they come very often. They're very close together. You just let me know when you need to pee. Hey, let's get on the plane early and I'll show you where the bathroom is. It's so cute. It's very little. Okay, let's. All right, very good. Now you know. Now you have to, you know, let me know when you have to pee. Okay, look, we're at the cabin. Oh my God, this is so exciting. It's a new bathroom situation. Show them everything. And as much as you can, lay out the day. Like, hey, this is where we're going to be sleeping now. And in the morning, we're going to get up and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And it doesn't, you know, obviously you're on vacation. It may not be all plotted out, but given your toddler broad strokes and relating it back to sort of how their day was at home will be super helpful. Let's talk a quick thing about night training in the summer. Night training in the summer gets a little trickier because again, schedules are just all over the place. And I want to be clear. 
I think under three years old, I think you want to stick to your schedule as much as humanly possible. There's going to be a million summers where it's fun. But, you know, I think at this point, it's really hard when you get out of schedule. It just makes your life that much harder. And I'm all about trying to make your life easier. But, you know, there's just, there's going to be nights where you have ice cream for dinner. You stay up late. You know, 4th of July just passed. There were probably fireworks, you know, barbecues, cookouts, all that kind of thing. So night training in these situations has to be very fluid. No pun intended. I just heard from a client who said, you know, I knew he had too much water. He didn't get a pee before bed. So I knew I was going to have to wake up earlier. So if you are night training, recognize that like, oh, we're out of routine. Just being out of routine can super affect night training. Being out of routine at a place where your kid may be sucking down juice boxes behind your back or you're not keeping an eye, good for you. I hope you're sitting with adults and having adult conversation by the fire. And I hope your kid is running themselves ragged with a gaggle of kids. I really do. I love that whole scenario, but recognize that there could be consumption of fluids that you don't even know about. So you might have to wake your child earlier. You might have to wake them two times, even if they've been signed, sealed, delivered, even if they're staying dry through the night, this does happen. So, so many things can affect night training, but that's definitely one of them. I do want to take a moment here to remind you that we have courses at jamieglowacki.com. I have a night training supplement. So if you are struggling with night training, go ahead and get that night training supplement. We have a daycare blueprint that Jen Latalian, who is a potty training consultant, she and I wrote that together. And that is all the myriad of things that can go wrong, how to best set your kid up for daycare. This is a perfect time to get that if your child isn't in a daycare setting and will be going to one in September. This is also the perfect course for if you're running into, like, say you have, you know, you're going to a camp situation in August, you know, anything like that, any care where your child will be in somebody else's care, the daycare blueprint is perfect. My pooping solutions is my most popular course. If you are struggling with pooping, you definitely want to get that. Pooping issues tend to escalate. They don't just go away. And I do have my Oh Crap Potty training online course. If you're not a reader and you just want to like get some information, you don't have time to read the book and you want the information sort of synthesized, that's there. Okay. And lastly, I want to talk about, I just saw this online, an account I follow. I thought it was really... It was really beautiful. And this mom had said like, I don't want to normalize just surviving motherhood. I don't want to normalize just getting through the day. And again, I've said this, what, three times now? I talk about this a lot on my other podcast if you want a deeper conversation about it. But there's a real push on social media right now to show sort of the negative. I call it the race to the bottom. And it's like this idea that motherhood is completely draining so that you end up, of course, you have to give your kid, you know, crappy food, you're exhausted, you need wine, mommy wine culture is out of control. I did an interview with Suzanne Ware, who is the Sober Mom Life podcast. That's a great interview to go listen to. The mommy wine culture is a little out of hand right now. It's a privilege and an honor. And I don't want to be goofy about it. And I don't want to tell you that motherhood's not hard because it is. And I want to be very clear, having now gone through all the stages and having a almost 17 going, you know, close to 18 year old. This is the worst of it. I know everybody tells you that, right? Like, I hate that. I hated that all through motherhood is like, oh, just wait, just wait till they're a teenager. Just wait till they're this, just wait till 
I can with confidence say that toddlerhood is the hardest part of your parenting journey for real. Three, four, five-year-olds want to be independent, but they can't. They don't know how. They're new, but they're stubborn. They are needy and clingy. You don't get a break. You are on a low-grade treadmill. I say the hardest part about parenting is there's just never a break, right? Like I remember back in the day, you know, in your 20s, you could go out, you could, I don't know, go party at the club. The next day, maybe sit on the couch, order Chinese food, have a Netflix marathon for uh, my, my day. It was a VH1 marathon or MTV marathon back when they played videos. And you got that break. You got that downtime. And it just never happens in motherhood. Even if you do get away without your kids, you're kind of thinking about them, right? And so, but I just really think that toddlerhood is the hardest part of parenting. And I think sometimes we lose sight of the gravity of we're raising human beings. And sometimes that can be paralyzing. And I don't want you to feel paralyzed by that. But we get to, we get to do this. And it's such an honor to know these children. And there, there can be this like, and I know it's hard. And I know like you can't, I don't want you to live so that you're just waiting for the end of the day so you can be alone. Like if we could find these pockets where we really enjoy it, including the milestone of potty training. And that's one of the pulls. One of the things I feel like people are struggling with is they want this milestone checked off. I'm done. I checked the box and now I'm moving on. And that ties into the beginning of this conversation, right? Where it's like, it's not a transferable skill. Oh my God, potty training was checked off and now it's not. Now I have to erase that check. And it is a growing, like watching your child grow. And I know because we have milestones that we can't wait, that we enjoy. We love the growth process. And I encourage you to look at potty training like that. Like, how can I support my child? Not how can I get this done? How can I be finished with this? This is horrible. I want to be done with this. The more you lean into horrible, the more horrible it's going to be. Your kids sense your nonverbal communication, your energy, your vibe. If you are like, "Eh," they're going to be like, "Eh," you know, but when it's like, hey, we're doing this together. And so you don't have to just survive. It's such a weird fence to walk, right? Because it is hard and you do wait for the end of the day and you want to be alone and you are overtouched and overworked and overstimulated and your nervous system can't catch a break. But I also think we want to really find these moments of like enjoying it. And I have always said it, the reframe of I have to, to I get to is really powerful, right? Like sometimes you're like, oh, I have to go to work. No, you don't. There are plenty of people who duck out. There are plenty of people who abandon their kids. There are plenty of people who abandon their jobs and go do other things. And I'm not saying it's a great life, but there are plenty of people who do it, right? So you don't have to. You do have a choice, even (laughs) even if it's like not a great choice, but you get to, right? And so I don't know. I find that that mindset shift really helps with potty training and really helps with parenting. I love... I love now, especially again, I think you guys are in the thick of it. It's super hard, but having my son, he's so freaking cool. I don't know where these people, I don't, I think if you're struggling with teenagers, you got to fix what's happening because I, the teenagers are just amazing to me and they're so fun and they're so alive and want to converse and debate. And so the best is coming, you guys. (laughs) And I always say, if you're really struggling, I feel like 11 is the promised land because all the synapses are firing and, but puberty hasn't really hit yet. So I think that's, that's a really cool time too. But again, 
not going with the cultural pull right now, especially if you are on social media, which most of us are. Uh, if you're not good for you, I super admire you. I have to be on for work and it's really hard for me. I say this all the time on my other podcast. I, I get very drawn into it and I can, I can scroll for hours like the next person and just lose time. And so it's something I have to keep under wraps, but there is this like this full on like complaining and it's so hard and I have to do this and ugh, these freaking kids and I can't wait for school to start again. And it's like, your kids are going to pick up on that, but also like you're in this for the long haul. You might as well enjoy it. You know? <laughs> it's not going anywhere. <laughs> and especially even now, like it's funny because Pascal will be going into his senior year of high school and I'm like, oh my God, he just got interesting. No way do I want him to go to college right away. Like I want to travel. I want to have fun. Like he's so, so much fun right now. I'm telling you right now, the days are long and the years are short. That is by far the truest cliche ever. So enjoy it. Enjoy it within the struggle, you know? And I know it, you're probably like, fuck off, Jamie. It's so hard right now. <laughs> I get that. But find the pockets where you can enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy your children because they'll feel that and you'll get more cooperation. Remember, we don't want compliance from our kids. We actually want cooperation and that's where you want to be with them. And that comes from a lot of nonverbal communication, a lot of slowing down, a lot of connection time. All right. Enough, enough, enough. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. As always, I appreciate you so much. And yeah, I hope you have a beautiful day and I hope you rock on. 